Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Today is a follow-up podcast to the prior podcast. So, if you are listening to this in chronological order, it will make, I would say, perfect sense. But does anything I say ever make perfect sense? I don't know about that. If you're listening to this in inverse chronological order, then this one will make even less sense than usual, possibly, but will possibly get explained a little bit by the next podcast. So, I visited the Cub Reporter. I had mentioned in the preceding podcast, I had asked Arizona Phil a question, but it got to a point where I wanted to check his incredibly deep and well-phrased wealth of information on rosters and stuff. I decided I wanted to check to see if there was anything on his site which further explained the rule of 180. The rule of 180 is you can have 180 players on the um, stateside list, 180 players on the stateside list, and you can have 35 on your international list. If you have one international team, you can have 70 on your international list if you have two international teams. So to start with, the Cubs can have 70 players on their international list because the Cubs have two DSL teams. Some teams only have one. I can't figure that. I just absolutely can't figure why a team would only want to have one international squad. I Beyond me. If you're trying to develop internally, da-da-da, etc., all that kind of stuff. Internationally, people like to think People like to think that the only international players that are going to be any good, that are going to ever be anything along those lines, are going to be the guys who get paid buku signing bonuses. Those are the only guys that matter. The guys that get $30,000 signing bonuses or $8,000 signing bonuses, they can never be any good. Never be any good. Well, I hadn't planned on going here. I hadn't planned on going here. And I've gone here before. So this won't be news to some of you. But back in the day, there was a player who showed up at a tryout for a certain team. And they said, no, sorry, you're you're not going to make this team go away. Literally, go away, don't come back. And he said, effectively, I will see you tomorrow. No, we don't want you around. Leave. You're not good enough. Go away. He came back the next day. Came back the next day and came back the next day. Finally, he said, fine, fine. He gave him like a $7,000 bonus or something like that. A number of years later, Jose Altuve was rather well known. You don't know who's going to be good. You have hunches. The guys that get the big signing bonuses probably have an edge. But if you have two teams, you have two teams, they're going out, they're practicing every day, they have five games a week, the pitchers get in innings, the hitters get in defense practice, the hitters get in BP, people track fly balls, etc., 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 etc. And sometimes the guys that aren't supposed to be good end up being good. I don't understand why a team wouldn't have two international teams. It, it, it boggles my mind why a team would not want to do that. Honestly, though, that's not where I am starting. That's not where I am going. Checking Arizona Phil's list, Arizona Phil's page, which look it up, the, the cubreporter.com. Look at anything Arizona Phil writes. Anything Arizona Phil writes, unless you've already read it, you're going to learn something. If you have already read it, you'll still probably learn something. 
with the rule of 180, Arizona Phil has done the research. He's asked the people. Here's how it works. During the season, you can have 180 players on the stateside roster and 30 or 70 on the international. 180 in the offseason turns to 190. So there is a bit more leeway as players get released. Teams can add a bit, add a few. Of course, there's not going to be a whole lot of practicing going on with those said 190 players. But you can have 190 players during the offseason. Full stop. Players who are injured and rehabbing. Injured and rehabbing. Do not count against the list in the offseason. Players injured and rehabbing do not count against the... Oh, excuse me. Do not count against the list in the offseason. I'm looking at a list here, like 15, 16 names. Not going to read them all off. They missed the back end of the season. Bunch of them missed the front end of the season, too. If they aren't actually pitching in a game at the end of the season, this list of however many players this is, they do not count against the list of 190. I don't know when they start to count again. I'm not sure if they start to count when they are added to a roster in the spring or in the summer or in the fall. I'm not sure how that works. But through the offseason, they do not count against the list of 190. So this list here, I can see it. You can't. List of a hundred uh, list of injured players. I'm going to put that over here because that doesn't count against the list of 190. Now here is the list again. I'm seeing it. You don't. These are the players that I think are probably going to be left in the international squad all off season. Forty eh, players, ish, maybe thirty, thirty-two. 34, something like that. They're over there. They count, they will count against the international list, but they will not count against the list of 180. Now, when players get added from the Dominicans list, the Dominican squad list, to the USA list, at some point, they do count against the 180 once they've been added to the um, domestic list. So they're on one list or the other, but not both. I don't know when they get added, but I'm imagining if they are sent over for extended spring training or something along those lines, they're probably added to the list of 180, 190. Okay, so I have this list here. You, you're not seeing. I think I added up, and it's like 150, 160 names, something like that. But it's less than 180, and it's certainly less than 190. And this list over here of the injured pitchers that are rehabbing, anyone that's still rehabbing, they don't count. So, a team can have 190 players. So, pretty much anybody that the Cubs have on any of their rosters that makes any remote sense whatsoever might as well be added to the offseason list because these lists over here, there's two of them, I told you what they are, those don't count against the list of 180, which in the offseason is 190. I still don't like the list. I still don't like the list. I still don't like that there has to be a list. I still don't think that it makes sense that there should be a list. If a team wants to have 250 guys, that should be perfectly fine. Somebody decides, hey, I, I, let's go out and uh, 260. 
fine, good, go for it. I have no problem with it. It makes sense. It helps your team try to win. I have no problem with it. Owners, less interested. But then, of course, some owners aren't even, 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 even remotely interested in playing, paying players for extended spring training, which is an entirely different podcast. So I'm looking at this roster. It has most of the names of the players that are on any of the Cubs full season or short season rosters. There were very few players, very few players (coughs) that I said, yeah, really no. And as it turns out, if there are any players on the list who I said, yeah, really no, I can go back and just add them back because I can add up to 190 and I'm still under 180 even with these 12 pitcher or 12 or 14 or 16 pitcher names. Adding talent is useful. Adding talent is useful. As I look at the list, the Myrtle Beach list is full. The South Bend list is full. The Tennessee list is full. And the Iowa list has some vacancies on it. The Iowa list has some vacancies on it in part because a decent number of the players who are on the Iowa list are actually on the 40-man roster. Players that are on the 40-man roster do not count against the list of 180 or 190 because they're on the 40-man roster. So even as I look at a Miguel Amaya, who's on this list, he doesn't have to be, he probably shouldn't be because he's on the 40-man roster, but I put him down in Tennessee anyway. There are players I can add. Should I run into players that make sense? I should add them. The Cubs debuted Jackson McClelland in Iowa on Saturday night. Wasn't a particularly fantastic outing. It wasn't a particularly hideous outing. It's possible Jackson McClelland could be kept around. A player like a Jonathan Holder, who is rehabbing an injury, might be retained in the Cubs organization in the offseason if the Cubs and Jackson McClelland, uh, Jonathan Holder, excuse me, if the Cubs and Jonathan Holder come to uh, an agreement on a contract, he can be kept around. P.J. Higgins. Non-tendered, bounced from the. Uh, no, he he hasn't been non-tendered yet. He's on the four, he's on the sixty-day disabled list, but he will probably be non-tendered in the off-season at some point. Um, outrighted, how, however they're going to do it. Um, and there's a legitimate possibility that P.J. Higgins will also be retained. And since he is he is rehabbing, I don't know if he would count against the 180, 190 list. The goal of the idea, the idea of this podcast is to go over the 180, the 190 list, and explain some of the bubbles. Some of the bubbles. So the next time you hear someone talk about the 180 list, or the 190 list, you will have a better idea of, oh yeah, that's right, I heard that one podcast where Tim talked about the rule of 180 and the 190 and how some guys don't count against the list even though it might seem like they ought to because they were injured. But, you know, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. If you have a player who, let's say, the... Cubs sign a pitcher to the Myrtle Beach roster. Cubs sign him, send him to Myrtle Beach. Three weeks later, Tommy John surgery. He's done for the season, done for the year. If you don't have the 
the 180-190 list with the exception where a rehabbing player does not count against the list. It would be ridiculously easy. Be ridiculously easy for someone to say, we're going to release you. We're going to release you because you're injured. It would be very easy for a team to say that. Not a fan of the 180 list, not a fan of the 190 list, but I am a fan of teams being forgiven injured players. And you know, like I do, there's a whole lot of injured players. whole lot of injured players, major league contracts, minor league contracts, anything. And if players who are injured are kept around pretty much for any reason, I'm totally good with it. I'm totally good with it. So... Probably at some point I will continue to meander on through the lists. And I'll probably also meander on through my blue folder and my red folder. Remember what the blue folder and the red folder are? I told you about them in the last one. If you're listening to this in chronological, you'll remember. If you don't remember, if you don't listen in chronological order, then you might not. The red folder is the Cubs pitchers. The blue folder is the Cubs' hitters in the pipeline. So Brennan Davis is in the blue, and DJ Hers is in the red. The Cubs' pipeline is in a relatively good shape right now. It would be an interesting discussion. Is the Cubs' pipeline in better shape now than it was in 2014? That'd be a fantastic discussion. I could take either side. I could take either side because depending upon how you want to define prospects, depending upon how you want to define depth, the answer could be different. If you have a different definition... You're questioning which team had the better top eight prospects, then it would be the 2014. If you're talking about which team has a better 35th prospect, then it would be the current squad. Which team had better relief pitching? Oh, that's easy. That's right now. If it's asking about better starting pitching, well, neither one of them were really all that good. But now is better. The rule of 180 and 190, I don't like them. I don't like them. You don't have to like a rule for it to matter. You don't have to like a rule for it to matter. Anytime you have a question, there are times that Arizona Phil will have the proper answer. There's still a couple of things that I would like to know about the rule of 180 and 190. And I'm, I wouldn't be at all surprised if in the next 24, 48 hours, Arizona Phil goes completely above and beyond and explains things that I had no idea about because he's really good at that kind of stuff. It's still... September. It's still September. Ask questions that are September questions. Who should this? Who should that? Who should be considered for this? Who should be considered for that? All those kind of questions. All those kind of questions that make sense in September those are the questions you should be asking. Which sorts of players from the pipeline ought the Cubs to be adding to the 40-man roster? Which players on the 40-man roster ought they to be retaining? And sometimes when you get around to it, it's nice to put stuff down on paper. It's nice to put stuff down on paper because then when you put stuff down on paper, 
whether you want to admit it or not, you're kind of on record. You're kind of on record. Even if you don't go public with it, you're kind of on record. And I have my list of players that I think ought to be on the Cubs offseason 180-man list. Now, does that mean that I can still go back and edit it and adjust it and say, you know what, maybe this guy, maybe no. Maybe this guy ought to be added. Maybe this guy ought to be left in the Dominican League because I've probably added too many players to the state side. All, the, all, all, those, all those could possibly make sense at some point. But if you are interested in the pipeline, if you're interested in the pipeline, ask pipeline questions. Just like if it is September, ask September questions. I, it, 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 just, it, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy when I see people right now, intelligent people, Right now, getting all a buzz, all agog over February questions. The Cubs have to go out and sign this free agent pitcher. Yeah, really, they don't. Now, I'll finish it with one simple explanation of why you don't do that. One simple explanation of why answering February questions in February really kind of stupid. Today, 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 Craig Kimbrell was given a ninth inning opportunity. Normally, it's been Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks has generally done really well. But the White Sox gave Craig Kimbrell a ninth inning opportunity today. And it was a one-run game. And Craig Kimbrell gave up a run. The White Sox won the game. Didn't sway anything. But Craig Kimbrell, since going to the White Sox, has not been as good as he was with the Cubs. At some point, you know how I like to talk about the September and September questions and October questions in October, November questions in November? At some point, the White Sox are going to have to assess the Craig Kimbrell 2022 option. 2022 option. I looked it up today and I've already forgotten. It's like 14 million, 15 million, maybe it's 12 million. It's somewhere around there. They can either keep him around for 12 million or they can buy him out for 1 million. Either or. I can see them doing either one. I can certainly see the White Sox. I can certainly see the White Sox saying, hey, Craig, thanks, babe, but here's your million. We really aren't going to keep you around for next year. I can honestly see that happening. As to when his option would have to be Okay, accepted. I, I'm not sure on that. That'd be a different page on Arizona Phil's page. And uh, I should probably go check that out as well. But that's either an October or a November question. Possibly a December, but I think it's an October or November one. Probably November. So now, what happens? What happens... If the White Sox say, you know, Craig, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to give you a million dollars, and we're going to buy you out, and you can go play for whatever team you want. What team do you think Craig Kimbrell calls? He'll call his agent first. He'll call his agent first. He'll talk to his agent. But what team do you think he calls? What team do you think he is comfortable with? What team do you think he knows the pitching coach? He knows the people in the pitch lab. He already has a degree of familiarity. If the White Sox say thanks but no thanks, 
You can go away now. Suddenly, 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 it becomes a very interesting concept. What if the Cubs sign Craig Kimbrell back? It's not a September question. It's not a September question. You know why it's not a September question? Because the White Sox aren't going to make the decision in September. White Sox probably aren't going to make the decision in October either. I would imagine it's probably one of those things that has to be decided within five days of the end of the World Series. I'm not sure on that. Not sure on that. If the White Sox say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, everything changes. Everything changes because Craig Kimbrell might want to come to the Cubs. And if Craig Kimbrell wants to come to the Cubs, all the guessing, all the guesswork, all the hunchifying, and all the um, shots in the dark, they all disappear. If Craig Kimbrell wants to come back to the Cubs, two-year deal? What? $24 million? Sure, why not? I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what it would cost. But if Craig Kimbrell wants to come back to the Cubs, why would the Cubs not be interested in having Craig Kimbrell come back? He's comfortable with the Cubs. He knows that the Cubs would use him in the ninth inning. That's when he wants to get used. That's what he's comfortable with. And if he comes back to the Cubs and it just doesn't doesn't entirely work out, oh well, so it goes. But the entire premise of Craig Kimbrell going to a team that he would want to go to if his option isn't picked up, that's why you don't do October questions in September. That's why you don't do February questions in September. Stuff is going to happen. Players are going to become available. Is Ryan Tepera going to want to come back to the Cubs? Is... Andrew Schaefer going to want to come back to the Cubs. We don't know that. Those are January questions. Those are January questions. We got to get through the uh, November, the November 19th, where you're making sure that you don't lose any players that you absolutely want to retain through in the 40-man, in the Rule 5 draft. December, you want to make sure you have the right players tendered contracts. Answer the questions for now, now. Answer the questions for later, later. But as far as which players belong on the list of 180 for the offseason, which is actually 190, Really, that that you can start working on now. That you can start working on now. The players you're familiar with. If you want to start your own list, and I recommend you do. I really recommend you do. Your list might end up looking a lot like mine. It might end up not looking a lot like mine. But what you, step one is go through all the minor league rosters. Iowa. Tennessee, South Bend, Myrtle Beach, write down all of the 60-day injured list pitchers. All the 60-day injured list pitchers because they don't count. They don't count against the list. Then, the way I did it, three columns. Iowa, Tennessee, South Bend on the front. Flip over the sheet, or if you want to use a different sheet of paper, that's totally legit too. Myrtle Beach, Mesa, Mesa. Because the goal will be to have two teams in Mesa. So, you have your first list, which is the injured players who do not count against the list of 190 names. Then you start writing down all the healthy pitchers, all them, wherever you think they belong. 
You don't have to do all of them. You don't have to start. You don't have to do all of them at all. But what you want to do is the players that mean something to you, the players that are interesting to you. Maybe you're a big Max Bain fan or you're a DJ Herz fan or you're fascinated by Jordan Wicks. Or you're kind of into Brennan Davis for some strange reason. I don't know why that would be. The guys that you're interested in, where would you spot them? Where would you put them? In which list would they go? Just put a guy down. Somewhere on one of the lists. I left room for three, four, five, three, four, five, six, seven starting pitchers. I left room for four. Um, flex pitchers, starters or relievers. I left room for six relief pitchers at every level, which is way more than you're going to have on a roster. But I wanted to have room for the 180, the 190. You have your list. Then I had room listed uh, three catchers, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, infield, infield, left field, center field, right field, outfield, outfield, DH. I just started jotting down names, and I started jotting down names, and I started jotting down names, and I started jotting down names. Before long, my whole lists were full. Yeah. Mesa's not full. Iowa's not full. But Tennessee, South Bend, and Myrtle Beach, they're full. They have a couple of lines with two names on them. The rule of 180, which in the offseason is 190, it's a thing now. It's a thing now. I was listening to a game on YouTube. I was listening to a game on YouTube, and Billy Martin was the manager. This was a game from, oh my goodness, what year was it? Billy Martin was the manager. It was 1960. 1971. Billy Martin comes out of the bullpen, comes out, comes out of the uh, dugout, and has a conference with the pitcher. Has a conference with the pitcher. And before he came out of the dugout, you could tell he was just having an existential crisis. Do I come out and talk to the pitcher now or not? Leaned out. Leaned back. Leaned out. Leaned back. Pitcher pitches. It's a ball. He leans out. He, leans, he, he goes out and talks to the pitcher. He goes out and talks to the pitcher. 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 Long, 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 long discussion. Goes back to the dugout. Does not pull the pitcher. Does not pull the pitcher. Gets back to the dugout. Pitcher runs the count to 3-0. And Billy Martin gets up. He comes out again. But the umpire says, stop. You can't leave the dugout. You can't come out and talk to the pitcher. You've already talked to the pitcher. That was a rule in 1971. They just changed it a couple years before. It used to be in the 50s, well into the 60s. A manager could come out. Talk to the pitcher, go back to the dugout, then go back out and talk to the pitcher and take him out. You could stall that fashion. But as of 1971, he could no longer do that. He could no longer do that. Billy Martin didn't know the rules. Kind of odd. One of the announcers didn't know the rule either. But, uh... Rules change. Rules change. And it's not a case of you have to like the rule to know the rule exists. It's not a case of you have to know the rule to be able to discuss it. The rule of 190, it's, it's around. The rule of 180, it's around. And there are bubbles in it. There are ways around it. And... When the Cubs start to sign international free agents in January, they're going to start getting assigned to the DSL. They're going to get assigned to the DSL. 
and that's where they're going to develop. And the Cubs are going to want to have just about 70 players on their two combined rosters. Now, they're probably not going to want to have exactly, 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 exactly 70 because if you get to a situation where you absolutely have to add somebody, you don't necessarily want to have to release somebody. So usually teams will DSL... 35, 35, so you can have 70, probably 66, maybe 67, something like that. Because they really don't want to release players mid-season. It just doesn't do it. Plus, when you have two teams, you're not necessarily going to have... When you have two teams, you're not necessarily going to have 31 or 32 guys on both teams that are playing all the time. You're not going to have that. Some guys are going to sit the bench. Some guys are going to be too young to actually legitimately get any realistic playing time. Because that's how it works. But as the new rules become part of the code, as the new rules become part of the code, you might as well learn them. You might as well learn them. You might as well get to know them. I'm glad I took care, took advantage of a rather lethargic Bears game to make my list. I wasn't going to make this list. I wasn't going to make this list. I had no plans on doing it because I know as I look at this list, I'm looking at that name and I'm looking at that name and I'm looking at that name. I'm looking at that name. Some of those guys are going to be hurt. Some of those guys, it, it th those are going to be the guys next June, next July. Where is so-and-so? I don't know, he's hurt. And for some people, knowing the current injury status on a player is absolutely essential. For me, if a player's hurt, he's hurt. That's the end of it. The rule of 180, the rule of 190, if there are players that are available... If there are players that do get released in the offseason, one of the things that Tom Ricketts really ought to do if he values having the best organization he possibly can, if legitimate players are released in the offseason for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Allow the executives to sign more talent. Allow the executives to sign more talent. And while he's at it, you ought to seriously contemplate adding more coaches, adding more scouts, and adding more, what do you call it, de development personnel. I think that'd be the right term. Trainers. People who do coding or what, whatever it is. People who run the machines that the players use. All that kind of stuff. People are going to want the three-year, four-year, five-year deals at $160 million or whatever. Eh, okay, fine, whatever. Get a scout. Sign someone that a team let go of. Because the one thing I see that the Cubs are good at now, there's one thing I see that the Cubs are good at now. And some people will argue with me. But there's one thing that I see that the Cubs are getting good at now. And that is taking relatively good double-A pitchers. Transferring them to AAA and having them do well there, and then having them transferred to the Major League Club and doing well there. That's the one thing that I see relievers doing well at two or three levels in one season, sometimes including the Major Leagues. And if you're going to ask, Tim, who the heck are you talking about? What? 
person has possibly done Manny Rodriguez. Manny Rodriguez was good in double A, moved up to triple A, was good there, moved up to the Cubs. He's been good there. There have been some guys that have been moved up to triple A that they kind of put a pin in them because they don't want to move them up to the major leagues yet. Ben Leaper's one of those. The Cubs are actually getting to the point where they are good at developing pitchers. And I haven't said that before. I haven't said that before. Have the Cubs ever been good at developing pitchers? You know, Kyle Hendricks, like, developed himself. Greg Maddox, back then, they had a good development system. But it's been a really long time since the Cubs were actually good at developing pitchers. Right now, Scott Kobos started with Myrtle Beach. Got everybody out. Nobody's scoring on him. Moved him to South Bend. Nobody scored on him. Moved him to Tennessee. Nobody's scoring on him. That, that, that didn't used to happen. That didn't used to happen. I would imagine next thing, where do I have? I have Scott Kobos on my double A. I have him on my Tennessee list for next year. And those are completely my ideas. And it could be that he actually starts in AAA. But I generally tend to be rather conservative on stuff like that. But the Cubs are actually getting good at developing pitchers as you're putting together your list of 180 or 190. Remember that injured players, injured pitchers, pitchers on the 60-day injured list do not count. Don't have to count. Remember that. 70 in the Dominican Summer League. And there's even some stuff in the, in the margins about you can have a, an assistant coach, a player coach. Uh, maybe I'll be there. Maybe I'll get there eventually. There's one other thing I saw there. You can loan a player to another team. Hmm. That sounds amazingly tempting, doesn't it? Loaning a player to another team. Honestly, that sounds really fascinating. You get to a point where you are up near the 180 limit. You're at a point where we're close. There's really not a whole lot that the Cubs can add. They are right on the border. They are right on the edge. But they have a pitcher that some other team might be interested in. You can start talking. Hey, you want to trade for him? A lot of times, no, really not. How about this? Let's just loan him to you. You pitch him. You pitch him. You use him. And again, you're not going to do that with a top 30 prospect. You're not going to do that with a top 40 prospect. But you got one of those guys who he's kind of down your list. He's kind of down your list and you'd like to see him get some work. You'd like to see him get some work. Here. Hitter. Pitcher. Whichever. Loan him. Loan him to the other team. By all appearances, he'd be on their roster. So he wouldn't count against your 180. Count against their 180. You get tr tr and trust me. There, there are some teams that are horrible. There are some. There are some organizations that are horrible. Specific affiliates that are horrible. And you get a team who are pitching so horrible. A team that realizes, you know, a lot of the guys that are on our team probably shouldn't be. They're not good enough. They don't belong at this level. How about this? We'll loan you a guy. We'll loan you a guy. We'll, we'll even loan you two guys. Because they need to get innings in. 
Pot commit, pot commit, pot commit to locating talent, finding talent, developing talent. The 180 list exists. I don't like it. I don't want it. But if there is a rule, if there is a rule, and there's a rule, if there's a rule, you might as well learn as much as you can can about the rule and work the heck around it. Work the heck around the rule because it's possible to sometimes. Rule 180, rule 190. I've probably gone on a little bit longer than you wanted. But the rule of 180, the rule of 190, they are real, they are legitimate, they are not going away. It's hard to assess, Mesa. It's hard to assess the Dominican League. And frankly, if you are not listening to Myrtle Beach games, if you are not listening to South Bend games, if you are not listening to Tennessee games, if you are not listening to Iowa games, it's tough to assess them too. Because it's easiest to assess if you have awareness of a player. If I mention a player, who do I who do I want to mention? Um, hmm. If I mention the name Christian Franklin and it doesn't really mean anything to you and you have no no, I, I have no idea who Christian Franklin is. I have no idea what his position is. I have no idea. I have no idea what his concern is. I have no idea what he's good at. Then it's all just blank names. But if you are to the point where Johendrik Piango makes sense to you, Alexander Canario makes sense to you, Brennan Davis. Bryce Ball, Dalton Stambaugh. If these names mean something to you, if you have memories that go with these names, you might as well start working on your list. It's not going to be right, and that's not the goal. The goal on this is not to be, um, what is it like, uh, Nate Silver, trying to get all fifty states right in in, in two successive elections. He was 99 out of 100. That's really good. That's really good. But as you assess, where should I put Kane Eckert? Where should I put Ethan Roberts? And then when people start getting announced for the 40-man roster, then you can go back in and adjust them a little bit differently and move them here, move them there, move them whatever. But it's important, in, at least in my universe, to when the time is right, and today might not be the best day for you. Today might not be the best day for you, but at some point on down the line, probably it might be a good idea. It might be a good idea to start working on the list, start figuring out where you would put someone, and then maybe a person, maybe me, maybe somebody else. Have somebody that you run stuff by. Hey, I, I put, I put uh, Daniel Palencia to certain. Uh, does that make any sense? Just run by stuff, run stuff by people. Does that make sense to you? Let's see if it works out. I'm really happy that Arizona Phil is so flipping good at providing information, and if you have questions. If you ask him a question, he's so darn good at going further into it. The Cubs are on the verge of being in really good shape as far as their pipeline. Very close. So much of their talent is still in Mesa. So much of their talent is still in the Dominican. There are going to start to be scrunches for spots. Ooh, if all those guys are healthy, they're going to have a really nice rotation in Myrtle Beach. Flips over the sheet. 
If all of those players are healthy, they're going to have a really nice rotation in South Bend. I'm looking at my projected center fielders. That's my guy in center field in triple A. That's my guy in center field in double A. That's my guy in center field in high A. The Cubs haven't had center fielders like that. They haven't. They just haven't. They're not all going to be center fielders. They're not all going to wash. They're not, they're not all going to work. They're not all going to stay healthy. They're not all going to hit. But that's a nice starting point. That's a really nice starting point. And if some of them don't work out, someone else can fill in. And if they don't work out, there's going to be a draft in June or July. And in January, there's going to be an international signing period. Work on your list. Work on your list. Or if you don't want to work on your list of your 190, 180, work on your list of your top 50 draft picks. Work on your list of 10 college teams you're interested in following. What ends up happening once the season starts going, it sizzles by. Sizzles by. Oh, baseball season. It's six months long. There's going to be a whole thing. No. Once the games start going, it sizzles by, particularly if you, you know, have other things in life you like to do. Time sizzles by during baseball season. Figure out what it is you want to be more prepared for. More prepared for in 2024. What is the thing you want to be more prepared for, more ready for, less surprised by? Start doing a little bit of work on it now. I threw mine together during a rather nondescript Bears game. I am pretty close have some adjustments I should probably make. Probably I'll make another list a little bit later. Some guys will have to be edited. Some guys are going to get released. Somebody... So yeah, I'll have to make some adjustments on it. But I'm glad I took the time and I filled up six rows. I have that taken care of. I have one for the injured pitchers and I have one for the Dominican summer league. If absolutely necessary, I'm good to go. But I don't have to be until May. Figure out what it is you want to get better at this offseason. Figure out what you want to get better at this offseason. And get better at it. Players do it. What are you going to work on? I want to be a better hitter. I want to throw harder. I want to be bigger. I want to be faster. I want to be whatever. The athletes decide what is it you want to get better at. If you're paying attention to the Cubs pipeline, what is it you want to get better at? Do it. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great week, and I will talk to you soon.